We are a group of friends bound by our appreciation for liberty and good podcasting. Free-minded thinkers from all walks of life, our values come together with one accord to discuss the common culture and news of the day, along with whatever random crap is going on in our lives. Welcome to the Union of the Unknowns. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the program. I'm Kiel Thor. With me are the Unknowns. We have uh, the wonderful Stella from Down Under. We have Terry from the Canary Islands and America's sweetheart, Justin the Ism Cant. Welcome, everybody. Uh, tonight, we're just going to open the floor and talk wildly about all sorts of stuff. And uh, hopefully the listening audience will find that interesting. Ground level up to the top of the raised bed. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got a one meter high raised bed. So try to add my back. So you just put a whole lot of like dead logs, twigs. Um, I, I keep all the branches that I take off trees around here and you shove them all in the bottom, just basically building up mass area so that it's less soil to put in. And at the same right. time, it creates a whole environment in itself and eventually, you know, it'll sink down, but um, you have to keep topping it up. But it just saves the expense and it's good biologically as well. So, Have you ever yeah, tried? It using... saves probably 100 bucks of soil at least. <laughs> Sorry. Have, you, have you tried using or creating, um, what's it called? Uh, biochar, I guess what it's called. Like, you just, uh, like charcoal? Kind of, but uh, yeah, basically that's what it is. But you just take all your organic materials that you would normally throw in a compost heap and you mm-hmm. smolder it inside of a sealed container so uh, to create, yes, yes. create charcoal kind of stuff. And then you, you bury that in your soil. And that's supposedly really, really good for everything. Oh, it would be high potassium. That's um, something I probably wouldn't do for my neighbor's sake, like, cause I'm surrounded by people. So mm-hmm. if I had a property for sure, <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. No, I haven't. They've, they've done I just some... I just put the ashes from the charcoal barbie in there in the yeah. garden. I've read about uh, how they found in South America like huge layers of this char that they believe the the natives deliberately buried to you know for their farming techniques. Yeah, right. I believe that. Which I I don't know if that's the conclusion was that that might be why the, the uh, ground is so fertile down there or not, but they, I mean, they found like sense and feet or mm. yards deep layers of this stuff. They found feet. Yeah. No, um, the Australian, <laughs> the Australian Aboriginals, um, they all, um, burn the forest regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, probably for the ground layer of that. And also because a lot of the seeds here require fire to open. The natives. Same with our native pines here in the Canary Islands. They uh, they're a sort of fire adapted. Mm-hmm. So they like they like fire. They burn very readily and but survive. Mm-hmm. Which is why we have yeah. a fire problem here as well. Yeah, they do that over here. Too. Yeah, right. Okay. I've 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 read but yet been able to confirm yet um, that the Great Plains that. 
or down the middle of the continental United States were once dense forest, but that the Native Americans that when they moved in, they just cleared it all out in order to provide grazing land for the bison. Yeah, right. What's the difference between a bison and a buffalo? You can't wash your hands in a buffalo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we should have recorded that. (laughs) That was quick, Terry. Uh, It's an old joke. (laughs) It's... it's, Techni- I don't think it's technically a buffalo, although we all in America we all we just call it buffalo. Um, right. Okay. So they are a little bit different then. Yeah. If you looked at a picture of one or the other, you could. I don't know what the biological difference would be, but I've never heard of a bison soldier. Yeah. <laughs> bison wings. I only found out fairly recently that mozzarella is made from buffalo. Buffalo or bison milk, so they have these these bison in northern Italy to you know just for the to make mozzarella. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Where do they get them from? That's what I want to know. That sounds like it's not bison in Italy, is there? Yeah, I'm not a fan of fresh mozzarella. Oh yeah, the fresh stuff is lame. It's just a trendy bullshit. Not keen on that either. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like that's a death sentence to stay in some parts of the world. But in Italy, yeah, they'll probably kill you for that. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't taste bad. But you give me a bag of shredded mozzarella from Walmart, and I will immediately put that on my top my pizza with that instead of the the weird yeah. slice of fresh mozzarella that they. That doesn't actually melt. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, it's you know, I always like... turn. I always turn down the uh, when the waiter comes with the mozzarella. Mm-hmm. You know, mozzarella. And, no, no thanks. No, no, I'm not really that mad on it, really. I like cheese. Oh, that's parmesan, so... isn't it? Are you talking about the parmesan? Yeah, parmesan. They don't oh, bring yeah, a lot of no, no, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking about parmesan. Yeah, yeah. Right. Fresh parmesan's beautiful, but that bloody packet it's the vomit smelling stuff Ugh, i don't know how anyone can use that um but the mozzarella stuff um it's probably just like you know it's probably meant to be made out of buffalo bison but it's a bit like the feta when you go in the feta uh-huh. in the supermarkets it's all made from cow's milk it's not made from sheep like it should or goat like it should be right so i, I reckon the mozzarella is probably made from cow's milk well, the EU uh, gets very funny about it. They have all these protected foods and drinks. So, um, you know, you're only supposed to make them in a certain region using certain ingredients. So, so they have a lot of uh, going on. Let me cheese ask police. you, is blue cheese there, blue or cheese? Because blue cheese here is neither blue nor cheese. Uh, <laughs> you are wrong on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> Got to disagree. It's more like a milky syrupy you're thinking of blue cheese dressing not blue cheese yeah blue i mean che- it seemed different no are we gonna do the cheese in the can thing again <laughs> well that stuff is amazing i love i love easy cheese uh the famous blue cheese in england is stilton and you have to make that within a you know like a few miles of the town of stilton it's not otherwise you're not allowed to call it that the best blue cheese I've yeah, like ever... champagne. Yeah, champagne. Yeah, exactly. And the best blue cheese I've ever had was Maytag blue cheese. 
from Iowa. The company that makes washer dryers? The, the, there were employees of Maytag, and they went off and made their own blue cheese. And the, that's called Maytag blue cheese. It's really good. But I yes, feel like either Maytag is getting a cut there, or... I, I don't remember the specific relationship they had. I, I, I'm pretty sure they were employees. Maybe it was like one of the Maytag May and tags or something, but it was related to the Maytag company somehow. But maybe it, they maybe they dry the cheese in one of the washer dryers, do they? <laughs> and I know it is, I heard uh, there was an emergency. I heard there was an emergency at the cheese factory because everyone was yelling out Maytag, Maytag. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I figured I figured that was an over the seas joke. Yeah. Or is it Yeah, let's you... just leave that one and move okay. on. I'm glad you're German, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never admit to that joke. <sighs> but yes, blue cheese is actually cheese. And it is blue if you make it right. It's do, you like blue, do you like blue cheese? I'm not that mad on it, really. I find it a bit strong. It is. I'm a fan of ranch. I like ranch. <laughs> it's nice, you know, zucchini flour. Um, the, but, the, yeah, you're right, Terry. I, I don't normally just eat blue cheese, but uh, I, I do like blue cheese on stuff. And the Maytag blue cheese is one of the few that I can tolerate just cutting a little chunk off and eating just it. You can't eat a lot of it, but you have a bite here and there. and It's nice. It's uh, like a salty and yummy. Yeah. Moldy. And moldy. Yeah. It's a very nice inside moldy zucchini. <laughs> yeah. Zucchini flowers. Yeah. Young zucchini flowers. I've actually even made that myself. It's the only time I'll eat blue cheese. Or I've, I've had uh, blue cheese stuffed olives. Like those big queen olives, stuff. Oh yeah, cheese. I suppose are, that would work. That's tasty. That would be good. Cheese, cheese is amazing stuff. I think we can all agree. It's um, you know, it's be quite good for you as a fermented food, and all the, you know, the, the bacteria are all different for different varieties, and you know, I mean, you talk about blue cheese, the molds are all different species. It's quite amazing, really, specific well, to the type of cheese. Apparently, um. There's a couple of things I know there. There's the hard yellow cheeses are not particularly good for us, but the softer cheeses, they are very good for us. So I always right. try to avoid the, yeah. And um, the other thing I read just very recently, just maybe a week ago, was there's apparently some kind of element in cheese that is addictive. And I would fully believe that because sometimes I just get these cheese cravings. Yeah, oh, right. Geez. Like I go to the supermarket and I just buy cheese yeah. even though we don't need cheese. Oh, yeah. You could be kidding me. Cheese is incredibly addictive. You're, yeah, I agree. I could I could live off of cheese and crackers for an indefinite period of time. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty, pretty yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. You die from lack of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably die from uh, some kind of severe gout or something like that after a couple of years, but yeah. Uh, what Fiona would say, you know, she has a special diet and she has some food sensitivities and she thinks she may be somewhat sensitive to normal dairy. But if you make it from goat's milk, 
it's a different type of casein. So normal, normally people who are sensitive to like cow dairy won't be sensitive to, you know, for example, goat cheese. Yeah. And we get a lot of goat cheese on the islands here. Okay. Well, I mean, get, uh, the reason they started making cheese and everything out of milk, uh, cow's milk was yet again based on the dollar. It was based on the economy. It was based on getting more product um, out of an animal. Yeah. So the love of money. So initially you're saying they made it from goat's milk, did they, or sheep's it milk? It was always goat's milk, yes, and it was just much yeah. more compatible to our our systems, as you would know, Terry. Um, Interesting. Because lots of people are lactose intolerant and other yeah. things. Yeah. It's I mean, particularly they're not prevalent clear. in the Asians, that gene, the lactose intolerance. Uh, kind of, well, it's more really the other way around. We've got a gene yeah. in the West for lactose tolerance, which hasn't developed in, you know, in um, Asia, for example. It's really, yeah, I, most people in the world are not uh, lactose tolerant. I think it, at least yeah, for exactly. or whatever, it's like a it's often a problem. Yeah. gene. Yeah. yeah it's often four problem, stomachs. We've only got one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, yeah. Think I, for yourself. I, I like the I like to think that you know cheese was the first processed food that man invented, you know, and I, I yeah. uh, it would have been flour, I reckon, milling the corn. I don't know because I yeah, think, yeah, possibly, yeah. I think there's a good argument for people in the the Caucasus region were you know herding around animals before they were planting, um, you know grains and stuff and if they if they were milking the the goats and stuff and keeping and using yeah, their, I guess. Their, mm. their stomachs to store it and slung it over their shoulder and then a week out they've been traveling and what's this in the goat stomach suddenly it's all solid and it stays yeah. longer and what have you what have you done to my milk also i was jumping up and down and <laughs> <Yeah>. you know <laughs> so i this i think there's that is a possibility and i think uh uh, probably mead and wine. Beer and wine. Second. I was going to say that might be it's probably early on because you know you would you uh, we would 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 definitely be adapted to alcohol, wouldn't we? Because you know fruit would be fermenting on the ground. Yeah. We'd probably right. be eating it. Wow, that was that was good. Let's let's do. It's funny how um we found alcohol probably straight after the invention of the wheel. So <laughs> 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 drink and drive. Um, I remember seeing some sort of a documentary, an Animal Kingdom documentary, and I think it was called Animal Kingdom actually, at the cinema um, many years ago. And it was, I remember this tree where the fruit used to ferment and fall to the ground and the animals all used to come and eat it and they'd all end up drunk. Hmm. There'd be drunk monkeys and drunk elephants and drunk giraffes. Yeah. It was so funny. But, uh, um, I've seen some stories about drunken elephants in India where they, they sort of uh, eat all these fermented apples or whatever. And that then they go on the wrong page through the village. Destroying <laughs> 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 things. <laughs> Hope Let's someone has an elephant out. gun. What's mm-hmm? Hope someone has an elephant gun. Yeah. It's it's hard to to wrap your head around growing up in suburban middle class America that there are actually communities whole tribes of communities that still have to live in fear of the the wilderness around them you know like that's uh mm. you know it, it varies differently 
for wherever you live, but you know, we all have we all have to fight nature still, but to some degree. But it's like you don't you don't think about tigers and elephants jumping out of the woods and grabbing you. Like, yeah, it, this still happens, you know, in places around the world. Well, um, well I'll get snakes uh, and stuff in my yard. So. Yeah. yeah, but that's. I mean, I we're mean, not used to that in Europe, but you get that in America, though, right? You, you've got you know some dangerous animals there. We just have a different kind of predator, and they're you know um, in the big Democrats. cities. BLM. <laughs> I was just thinking like gang violence. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of that over here, but I mean, you can kind of. I remember when we were. I remember when we were in Australia, Stella, and uh, we went up in the mountains uh, to the northeast of Melbourne for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were standing on top, I can't remember the name of the mountain, but we were standing, I remember standing on top of this mountain looking east, and it was just wilderness as far as the eye can see. And it's, you know, as a European, that really sort of struck me. Yeah, I'm really glad we don't have bears and things like that. But, I mean, the crocs mm. and things are pretty big, but they're all up north. Sharks oh, are the worst, man. I suppose. I was so, so earlier today, I was uh, trying to put together some more uh, bonus content episodes out of this kind of chat. And I was listening to it, I mean, not, I don't know, 30 minutes ago. And Terry was just saying that exact same anecdote about going really? up in the mountains in Australia, looking off and seeing the <laughs> forest. <laughs> it's a weird coincidence. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, Lots of uh, the, other, like the other thing that happened to me, because I had a friend in British Airways, he got us a cheap flight to sort of like anywhere that British Airways went in the world. So we went to Hawaii <laughs> and we had this is, I was only about 20 or 21, and we went via Baltimore and Los Angeles. And I remember when we were flying from Baltimore to Los Angeles, you, you just, I just got struck by how big the U.S. is, you know, just flying over land for, for, for ages and ages. And, you know, a lot of the time, it was nothing much there. You know, it's, you know, countryside and wilderness, and you've got a lot of space still out there. And, you know, I hear from people who, are, who go up to the Pacific Northwest and how, you know, you could easily imagine that there's sort of undiscovered creatures up there because it's just, you know, trees as far as the eye can see and, and very steep slopes as well. That's where the so, Sasquatch lives. I was just going to say, so exactly. we're going down the Sasquatch Road. <laughs> I'll talk about that, yeah. <laughs> well, have, a little bit off topic. Have you guys seen uh, the new movie Cocaine Bears? No. It's about some bears that find some cocaine and then go on like a murderous rampage. Imagine if like Sasquatch was just like <laughs> bears that he's found got, some drugs. He's got to be eating the marijuana uh, plantations in Northern California, isn't he? Be yeah, pretty chill be. at that point. <laughs> you know, there are some pretty, I mean, they're eyewitness accounts, so you have to you don't know what they're really seeing, but there are some pretty compelling stories out there about people. I, I totally agree with you. With, with I, I think it's like the UFO thing, you know, the weight of sort of eyewitness reports. Yeah. Huge numbers of people seeing these things. There's, oh, but and yet we, there was if, a... we still haven't got a body, you know, which is very mysterious. You'd think yeah. a trunk would have taken one out by now. Right. And the problem with, eyewitness reports is you have to trust them and 
it's been my experience that most people are retarded. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a, an accurate depiction. There's, there's a TV show that, that I, it comes to mind. And I can't remember what it's called, but it was about, it was kind of like a, it's kind of like an unsolved, maybe it was unsolved mysteries. Anyway, they were interviewing uh, a couple of, um, like, rangers who police uh, reservations. And uh, they were talking about all of these supernatural, like, events that they had to go out and respond to. And, and they were, you know, if, if they're legitimate guys, but, you know, who knows what they're really talking about but they were saying you know in the beginning when they when they get hired on to be these uh officers out there they're just like they have the same skeptical attitude as anybody else would but then after working it for several years they go that's nah, my opinion is completely different there is some really wild stuff out there that we can't explain yeah. and they were talking about some of the sasquatch sightings and interactions that they've had it was pretty interesting yeah, no, I agree. It's um, it's very compelling, and it's it's not completely beyond the bounds of possibility because there was a an upright ape uh, called Gigantopithecus that was living in China. Um, you know, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. So you could postulate that there was some descendant of that that still exists. So you know, it's not impossible. Well, but you would was... think we would have a body by now. That's very puzzling. I, or at least some decent footage. And I've listened to a lot of Joe Rogan over the years, and I believe it's his position that they found um, the skeleton remains of what Terry was just talking about um, towards the um, Bering Strait, which is where Russia and Alaska almost yeah. connect. And mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people that believe that that was the reason for um, – for not having migration from Russia into North America when it was a landmass bridge, uh, because how in the hell are you going to fight that without an AR-15? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's very interesting. It's 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 hard to. It's like a UFO thing. It's very it's, it's hard to get your head around. Really, an awful lot of eyewitness reports from people who haven't really got anything to gain. You know, don't really want any fame or anything. They're just ordinary people who've had a strange experience. What do you think the chances of them, these things that appear being interdimensional? Like we just get a flicker of Well, another... it could be that, yeah. That that would be one way of looking at it because, you know, you, you get these reports of footprints uh, like in snow going across a field and then disappearing in the middle of a field. So, yeah. Lots of and, and people, people see the similar sort of thing in Australia, don't they? What's it called? It's um, they've got their own name for it there. They all come to me in a minute. But yeah, the, 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 I mean, the Yeti, Sasquatch, Yetis, that type of thing. Donkagen. Uh, right? What's that, sorry? Donkagen. Is it? <laughs> Not a drop there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, drop there. I was just going to say. No, those things uh, are pretty rare now. You only get the yeah. occasional person. Uh, no, that people do involved. see that similar sort of things in Australia. Uh, there's, in fact, there's a, there's some researchers in Australia who go around and you know, just like in America, looking for these things and you know, cranking out the woods. Yeah, I have, 
I have heard of it, but I don't know if it's so much a Yeti thing or whether it's more of a sort of a little crouched over animal-y thing. Is that the thing you mean? Like a crouched over know. almost on all fours but not quite type of situation? Kind of like a well, a, lot, a lot of people who see the ones in America say they can go on all fours or on two legs. Mm. Well, I know there's a lot of stories about the big cats, especially around Victoria. Um, which I believe did come from escaped circus animals from very hashtag, early. Hashtag Carol Baskin's a fucking bitch. Yes, there you go. Who's, who's that? I don't know who that is. But, uh, Carol Baskin. I don't know who that just is. Going back to, from Tiger King. Just going back to the, it's like about the 1800s or something, I believe some uh, one or two circuses maybe have lost some animals or they might have just let them loose. I don't know exactly what the story is. Um, but there were like genuinely some large cats wandering around. For a number of years, I don't think they still are. Um, well, but yeah, yeah. often be found cows mauled and things like that. Which was, I mean, that could years. just be that could just be like um, Pablo Escobar that yeah. like imported in a bunch of fucking rhinoceroses and hippos and everything else. Yeah, did he have a lot of wild yeah. animals? Yeah, yeah and I would like to expose something while we're on this subject. Um, there are. Well, I don't know what you call them, tourist attractions, saddest attractions. Um, partic- I don't want to point out a particular culture, but they like rice. Um, they come here and they're allowed to just let loose and hunt down wombats, which is like oh, no. serious. Wombats are so cute. I know. They're beautiful animals. <laughs> and um, you know, they're considered pests by farmers and stuff because they dig holes, but it's like, well, they were there first, not the farmer. And um, they're, they're not even, I mean, they can run They can run a little bit, but, you know, they're not like a hard target, for, not like a duck, a flying no. pigeon or something. Right. Um, no, we never saw pathetic. one. It's horrible. We never saw one. I was desperate to see a wombat when I was in Australia, and we used to hear them at night. I, I would sort of rush out to try and, try and see them, and they would sort yeah. of scuttle off, but I'd never see them. Yeah, they're beautiful things, and you know they're constantly getting hit by cars and stuff. So there's, you know, there's wildlife. We used to see a lot of flat ones, yeah, on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, you got to stop and check their pouches. And I mean, I've I've seen a couple in the in the wild. I've seen you know the echidnas and things just in the in the property. Um, oh, that's a shame. I know it's horrible, and how anyone could get any pleasure from that, I just have no idea because it's not even a challenge. But anyway, whatever. Do they taste Some good? people are just trigger happy. Oh, they wouldn't because they're just like a ball of solid muscle. Like imagine a really, really, um, what are they called? Bull terrier. You know, imagine one of them, but like even more solid. So, yeah, they'd be tough, I reckon. You'd have to slow cook them for a week. What about uh, that Tasmanian <laughs> tiger they used to have roaming around Australia? Well, well, the, yeah, the, that's yeah. very interesting. People are still seeing those, and I, I, I think they might still be around. They're supposed to be. Extinct. When I lived in Tasmania, I, I actually spoke to a couple of people who, well, one particular guy I remember who had actually spotted one, he said, and eh, I did kind of believe him, actually. He seemed like an authentic kind yeah. of fella. So at do least they, he believed he saw one. Do they spin around and do like a whirlwind? <laughs> no, not That's the, the Tasmanian <laughs> devil. That's the Tasmanian devil. Yeah. <laughs> those still exist. The Tasmanian <laughs> tiger is... The Tasmanian tiger is, has been extinct since, <clears throat> oh, gosh, I don't know, 70s, I think the last one died. Or it might have even been earlier than that. I think well, it was earlier because there's that um, old, sad, black-and-white film of one in the, yeah. I think it's in the Melbourne Zoo wandering around. It must be the 30s, I think. 
I think it was actually. I think it might have, it might have even yeah, been early forties that died or something. But I remember reading about that mm. in my, I had a, like a an old, uh, I guess it was made for kids, like a encyclopedia of animals that my parents gave me by Funk and Wagnalls. Remember them? And uh, please, this is a family show. <laughs> they had they had that. I, the Tasmanian tiger was in there. I always thought that was a fascinating animal. Mm. And it's it, a beautiful it's thing. It's actually um, a uh, has a pouch. Uh, what do you call it? Yeah, marsupial. Yeah, they're marsupial. all marsupials. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and as I yeah. as I got older, I realized that's that marsupial is kind of like the the template for animals in Australia, and they're. And evolutionarily speaking, there needed to be a predator cat or dog animal. And so the marsupial line just kind of evolved to fill that gap in nature. Yeah. And I just thought that was... There was there's yeah. other, there's other things it, here that eat eggs and stuff, though, like the native cat. Yeah. Um, but spotted I mean, quoll, that's another word for it. Well, I think before the Europeans got there, or, or maybe before the Aborigines killed them, they had you had some quite big animals, didn't you? You had like um, marsupial wolves and all sorts of things, and 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 quite big cat type things. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't know if I trust the science. You know, it's amazing to me. Just the science, that's great. Yeah. I mean, emus are pretty big, and those those cassowaries they'll kill you. Yeah, but they're nasty things, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you got the goddamn birds, uh, spiders that eat birds over there. That's... Yeah, I think there is a one or two. That's more of an African thing, I think. Yeah, we've and got also Asia. The the largest spiders, I think, are in South America, in the jungle. Yeah, yeah, I think so. tarantulas. Mm-hmm. Did and you so know then in out and out west and like in Arizona, there's a a yearly migration of tarantulas and they just swarm, oh. swarm across the desert. And so oh my. Oh, oh, man. I can't imagine that. That sounds horrific. <laughs> why no, like why that is his house so cheap? No. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Sorry, kill Justin. them all. Just kill them all. Get out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, Justin, you sprayer. You've got work for a lifetime there, mate. <laughs> just give me a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> Or just imagine if snakes did that as well. I mean, that would be my worst nightmare. There was a little island off um, a bay where I used to live. I always wanted to go there because it was the site of an old um, psych psych hospital um, in the Hawkesbury River. And I was planning to, you know, get a boat, go there at night, whatever. I really wanted to get some photography. And then as I was planning that, somebody said, oh, I wouldn't do that because the place is covered in snakes. Ah, oh, thank you for that. <laughs> well, in, yeah. in like in like Texas, uh, they'll have um, houses that because uh, rattlesnakes they tend to nest together. So a lot of it, like someone will find you know like five hundred rattlesnakes in their crawl space under their house. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Worst nightmare. And have you got speaking of Texas? Have you guys heard that there's more? Tigers in captivity in the state of Texas than there are in the wild. I did hear that. Yeah. Is that true? Do you think? I don't know if it's yeah. just. Oh, shit. 
I don't no think way. that's uh, just Texas, though. I think it's there are more cat more tigers in captivity worldwide than there are. That's just Texas nature. doing their thing. Could be. But there aren't that many tigers in the wild now. I think that's yeah. probably a I mean, that kind of just sounds like evolution taking taking its course. Mm. Abu Escobar again, is it? Buying all the tigers. <laughs> well, it's. I guess poaching. I don't know about thing. that. It's not illegal. I mean, there must be a lot in animals. There must be a lot in captivity, if that's the case, because even though I know there are, but um, there's still well, huge numbers in the wild. I mean, not huge, but mm. I don't think you even need a permit to have a tiger in Texas. Oh really? Yeah. Probably. No, that's terrible. I mean, I could be making it up, and I'm not going to fact check myself. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's fact. So, what is the libertarian position on having permits for dangerous animals? I wonder. You don't. It's yeah. If, yeah, exactly. If, you should be allowed to have whatever you like, surely. And let's say if you want to have a tiger, then you're probably going to need some sort of insurance policy um, to live in that community, <laughs> to where if the tiger does escape and attack someone, then you know they're going to be liable. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta, and then you know you got to watch out for your own interests. So if it, yeah, if, you're, if your tiger there, goes and mauls the neighbor, eh, you're kind of on the hook for that, <laughs> right? And it's like it's, I can't tell you exactly the libertarian structure that would pop up to regulate that in a free market, but it would be something along the lines of like you, you know, this commute. If you want to have one, then you know you're gonna have to have an insurance policy on if you want to live in. It, it you know, be, a community, yada, yada, yada. It would be on in your, your homeowner's insurance policy would just be a lot higher because you've, unless you hide it from your insurance provider, because if right. you say, oh yeah, and I'm keeping a, a dangerous wild animal in this on this property, they'll go, oh, okay, well, you got to have a dangerous animal rider attached to it, you know. Tiger claws. And it would be so expensive <laughs> and it would dissuade most people. <laughs> He did it. We got it. Yeah, All right, this... let's start the show now on that note. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting twist on the whole, um, you know, free society versus structured society, isn't it? Because I'm just sitting here in a dilemma in my head just going, it, I, I sort of want to know if my neighbour has a tiger that possibly could get loose. Um, stuff all the litigation and the bloody contracts. Just let's keep that all out of it for a moment because that's just confusion city. Um but, yeah, I, I would kind of want to know. And then there's the, the flip side of it is that I would also want to know that if somebody's keeping a tiger, that they're bloody well looking after it correctly because, you know, animals can't look after themselves. They rely on us. They're out of their natural environment. It just – I should – I think it should be banned personally, but for the animal's sake. Um, but, yeah, so there's all that. So that in that sense, we kind of need a bit of an established um, structure to you know check on the animals or make sure that because you can't rely on people doing the right thing and this is the problem with society unless the human heart changes nothing's going to change so we need people to look out for less fortunate or animals or, or what have you otherwise there'd just be so much suffering and well, abuse. my argument would be that unfortunately that is going to happen either way so who would you trust more to handle that obligation which would be you know paid government workers or a group of people that you know voluntarily form an association to go and you know 
that's check exactly on it. the just, issue. Yeah, it's not a paycheck. And that's the right question, and it would have to be voluntary because you'd have yeah. to have people who truly had the interests of the animals at heart and weren't trying to make a profit. Yeah, you. I don't. Well, I mean, you can. The government can ban whatever they want, but I would disagree with even uh, the banning of. I'm well. My my argument mm. was going to be similar mm. to Justin's in that, you know, who you who's going to be the expert that can come around and has the power to tell you, <laughs> oh, you're not doing that right. So we're going to take that away from you because who's to say yeah. what's the best way to take care of a tiger and, and what's not the best way to take care of a tiger, you know? Best way to take care of a tiger or, is to leave it in its environment, yeah, but true. then you start getting into WEF green zones, don't you? Yeah, well, but I mean, look at the current establishment we have now where uh, parents are getting arrested for letting their kid, you know, their 10 year old kid play on the playground by themselves or walk to school. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, would, that would be my position. I, I wouldn't trust the feds to come and come around no. and say, you know, whether I'm looking around no. for the tiger or because they'll say one day, Oh, there's tiger flu going around and we'll have to, you know, take yeah. away all your tigers. I'm afraid, mm. you know, because they've got their own, their own agenda. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly right. And then it comes back to the human heart again. Right. But in my opinion, your property is your property, so you can kind of do with it what you want. And if you piss off your neighbors because you're abusing your animals, then, you know, maybe your neighbors just get banned together and one day just don't let you take care of your animals anymore. And then you got to run them out with pitchforks. Yeah. And then you got a court situation that has to get teased out and that'll be regional. You know, maybe the people in this area don't give a shit about the animals, so you know mm. so who's who makes the decisions makes about the what's decisions? right and wrong it's exactly I, i'm yeah. okay with it being teased out in court in those kinds of situations if if you're if your neighbors come up to you and say hey you need to shape up or we're gonna take your animals away from you and you you kind of say oh okay you got me i was just being a dick you know what i'm not even gonna bother keeping them if you guys are gonna act like this maybe there's some kind of pressure yeah. like that that can be applied but I, I certainly don't believe that any kind of legislation should be passed to that end, you know? Oh, and I mean, it can all be broken down to just, like, I mean, you know, if don't hurt me or take my stuff, like, yeah, that's like, really the only law you need. Used to say. Um, and then mm. it's just everything after that is just private property, you know? Uh, if your tiger gets out into my property and, you know, eats my dog, then, you know, we're going to we're going to have an issue and, you know, I'll fucking, you know, take you to court. And, you know, if there's not a government court that's going to come and arrest you, if you don't show up, then, you know, everyone else in the community will, you know, can band together, not interact with them. You know, yada yada yada. There's a million different ways yeah. to set things up in a not in a like anarcho-capital society. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that most people get stuck on is they're like, okay, but how would you like in in anarcho land? You know, people are you know gonna get murdered. It's like, well, people are already getting murdered in the system that we have now. So. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can, yeah, but I'd rather I'd without, rather pay. I'd rather choose a like a police or security firm to to come and respond to my nine one one calls myself rather than 
depend on whatever the, the county or city law enforcement decides is going to be who comes in response to my, my calls. And, yeah, if, I and if I don't like their what they offer or, or what their policies are, then I can pick a different one. I, I much prefer that situation. Back in the day, that used to kind of be like how firefighting was, um, where you buy fire insurance. And the myth was that if you didn't have fire insurance, then they're just going to let your house burn down. But in reality, well, if this house catches on fire, then there's a much higher chance that, you know, the neighbor's house is going to catch on fire and they're insured with us. Mm -hmm. um, so ultimately, it's going to save the money to, you know, put the fire out. I mean, right. I'm sure there's occasions where that did happen. But at, in a purely capitalist, you know, profit and loss system, it would make more financial sense to just stop that than it would be to pay out all the insurance claims on all the damages mm -hmm. that spread out from there. Yeah, and then, then you're always going to get freeloaders. Yeah, and then Sorry, you, can, you can leave them a bill, and then yes. right, out, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm as as somebody who's quite new to the whole libertarian idea. I, I find some of these concepts a bit tricky, a bit slippery. Mm, I, I, yes. I remember asking Monica ages ago about the sort of problem of the commons. So supposing you've got a nice sort of common area of, of grazing, you know, like you had in the Middle Ages, and some guy has, has to have loads of cows and lets all these cows onto the grazing land and eats everything, and, you know, so there's nothing left for everyone else. Or, you know, he takes all the water from the river. Uh -huh. and, you know, what can you do about it? It, it? As you say, I think it has to go to the, the court system if, it, if the court system is straight, which unfortunately it isn't anymore. Exactly. Well, if uh, yeah, that's the situation out west. They have all that grazing land and the all those ranchers out in Nevada and stuff. There, there's lots of grazing land out there, and even in the desert. But uh, you know, they. I think the. I'm probably gonna get all of these facts incorrect, but there was a a, a um, there was a a big to do about it a few years back, uh, where the the state was coming in to restrict who had access to this land suddenly, even though for generations, the families living there were sharing the land, just like you said, and it was working out just fine. But then the state wanted to come in, and I think it was to put down a bunch of solar panels, and the land was public property, so it wasn't owned by any of the families. And there was this huge kerfuffle that's the word i was looking for big kerfuffle about it kerfuffle. and i don't i don't remember what, what the outcome was but it was kind of shitty and i think oh was it that there was that guy who had the standoff and then there was a group of them that showed up and and occupied like a, a you mean Bund bundy bundy ranch yeah, yeah the bundy ruby was ridge, part of all that ruby ridge thing yeah, yeah. no it wasn't that ruby was that ridge. was that same sort of oh right okay no, that was ruby ridge was no a it was situation but Bundy, the Bundy it, yeah, it was, was different. Yeah, yeah, two separate. Yeah, but I don't know if Bundy Ranch is part of the grazing thing that I'm talking about. But um, I, I feel like it was, but it could there could be multiple ones of those. Right. I remember when right. Bundy is running for Congress Sorry, so. or something. That's okay. Um, uh, are you talking? Is this a Ted Bundy thing, or is this completely unrelated? Unrelated. 
unrelated to Ted Bundy. He was from Seattle area. This is in the uh, south, like the desert west or South Dakota or something like that. I want to yeah, see one of them. Indiana, he was Montana. he was grazing his animals on uh, like national park land or something, wasn't it, or state park land? And then the, the you know the feds came in and said you're not allowed to do that anymore. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. So what did they do? Did they kill all shoot the animals? everyone? They, they shoot everyone basically. I think. Yeah, I think everyone. Oh, and the people shot, shot. on both sides. Yeah, just a big. Well, no, I think Bundy Bundy survived, didn't he? But they shot his wife. Shot his wife dead and his dog and uh, it was a it was a mess. What? So like the Ruby Ridge situation. I see why you put that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm confused. Maybe I I'm confused with the Ruby Ridge. What's the truth? Yeah. Well, well, you remember, I'm a European. I'm a European, so it's all the same to me. The Ruby Bundy... Ridge was uh was a sad story. The the guy yeah. um had uh, he had unlicensed guns or something like that. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. That was they uh, wait. Are you talking about Waco? No, the, no, Ruby no, Ridge. No, Ruby Ridge. Ruby Ridge. And okay. He got. Yeah. He, he there was, was a. There. He was sent. Supposedly sent a notification to appear in court to talk about it, but he didn't get it, or he sent his lawyer, and his lawyer didn't handle it right, or the the DA, the prosecuting something. So whatever, he didn't know, and so then they there was a mix up in the paperwork. And instead of, you know, trying to talk to him about it again or something, it just, it immediately went to, oh, we have to send in the ATF. And so they, they send the ATF in and surrounded his place. And he had intentionally moved his family to a secluded, like off-grid cabin in this community where there was other like-minded folks out there. And when the police showed up and said, hey, you need to come out because you've got you're surrounded by guns, and he he just said, "Whoa, hey, no, you guys get the hell out of here, or we're gonna shoot you." You know, just get the hell off my property. And they and of course the police didn't like that, so it just escalated. And then at one point, um, I think his son was walking his the, their dog out back in the backyard while this was you know, days into this siege was going on. And one and they, they came upon one of the ATF agents and uh, there was a the, the kid and the dog got shot, basically. And yeah. and then after that happened, the guy tried to, to he like peeked his poked his head out the went out of the front door and said, hey, you know, this is ridiculous. we got to stop this. And then they tried to snipe him and ended up shooting his wife instead. And then it all just went. In the face. Yeah, and it was just terrible. Just this whole terrible thing. Yeah, the way that actually happened was... Sorry, I just want to clear that little one bit up. Um, The way that happened was they moved out, like this family moved out there and they were totally keeping them to themselves, just Mm -hmm. doing the off-grid thing. And they got tricked. So um, this FBI FBI agent, I think it was, um, one of the authorities basically yeah. tricked this guy. It was something about his gun doing a modification to that's his gun. That's what I was going to oh, say, yeah, Stella, yeah. Was. Yeah, something to do with the length of the barrel or something, whatever yeah. it was. But the, he was given the wrong information, and it was only by about an inch or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically tricked him. So it was it was a total setup. And I also just want to say shout-out to Cam Harless. Cam Harless. Cam Harless Cam from Cam the 
Mad Ones podcast or Car Hamless, whatever he is on Twitter. Ham Carlos. Um, Ham Carlos. <laughs> Car Hamless. Uh, yeah, he did an excellent Ruby Ridge um, episode. Um, I will put it in the show notes because it's really worth listening to. I thought it was very well done and very well written. Um, so, yeah, if you want to know about Ruby Ridge, over to you, Terry. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I was going to say that myself. The original problem was that a Fed came to him and said, I want to buy a shotgun sawn off to this dimension, which was illegal. Uh-huh. And the guy uh, didn't know that it was illegal. So he said, yeah, 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 I've got a shotgun. I can do that for you. So as soon as he did that, he, he was doing something illegal. So it was entrapment by the Fed. Yeah. And then I'm not yeah. sure they announced themselves as Feds when they came to his ranch which is why he, he thought he was just defending himself from a load of ne'er-do-wells, mm-hmm. which I suppose he was, really. <laughs> yeah, basically the truth. <laughs> that whole thing, man. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't have all my And that's just one. But the, in essence, you know, uh, he was fucked over by the system, and it ended up very tragically. Yeah. And, just, and that's just one of many, isn't it? Yeah, in the Waco story, there's a a pretty good movie that came out a few years back about Waco. Uh, maybe it was on Netflix or Hulu or something. Um, there was a series, a Paramount TV series that was really pretty good. They were really fair to um, the uh, crash side of things. Okay. I'm not talking also, about Also, yeah. Know. Waco's what? rules, Waco rules of engagement is a three part Waco documentary. That's really good. Yeah, I saw a documentary about it as well. It was, My, the what it was the thing that I saw was an actual movie with actors and stuff. Uh, so it was a dramatic oh, right. portrayal of what went down. during. Like It was kind of started in the aftermath of Ruby Ridge because it was the same guys in the government handling Ruby Ridge yep. Bill, as Bill Clinton. Waco. No, I'm not talking about Bill Clinton. I'm saying the, the guys in the ATF... <laughs> that handled Ruby Ridge but were the same guys. It was Bill Clinton's ATF. It was. Really? Janet Janet Reno's uh, whatever. She was, what, the... Uh, what was she? she? Janet Reno was the first female... Uh, something. Anyway, she, but yeah. she was, she was so, like the So boss. the same guys that attended Ruby Ridge were the same because they proved themselves to be absolute cold-blooded ruthless killers. Yes. Oh, you'll be great for Waco. Yep. Is that how it worked? That's how it worked. Of course it did. Where they used CS gas, which um, caught on fire. And, oh, I mean, the pictures of just children that because uh, the gas was caused such violent seizures, like they're – Ankles are literally touching the back of their head. That, and, I mean, they're also burnt to a crisp. Okay. I don't recommend going down that route. They kind of went in with a tank as well, didn't they? So yep. not all yep. the walls there. It was really yeah. pretty horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you reminded me of something which I just looked up, that uh, Biden's ATF nominee, David Chipman, was uh, involved in the Waco siege. And he put the, the yep. picture of him posing on the rubble sort of yep. very proudly. Kind of like when they had that you at like the uh, what what was that monument where it's like the three soldiers putting like sticking the U.S. flag in the ground? The oh, balloon. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. Like we yep. conquered them. Oh. Hmm. All right, Waco: The Aftermath is the movie I'm talking about. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. It's got. It's good. Mike, it has Michael Shannon. 
in the lead roles. Really good movie. If you want to. It's in a Netflix production. Um, hang on. No, not that. Wait. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up. You guys um, keep uh, going while. Talk amongst ourselves. Yes. Well, uh, when are we going to start uh, recording? Yeah, we're recording, yeah. Oh, okay, so, so, uh, I'm going to pitch in that Ashley was lining up someone who was going to talk about the OKC bombing, and there's a link from there to Waco, yes. wasn't it? Because the, the story about um, what's-his-face, the, the Patsy who was, um, help me out here, Keir, what was his name? The guy who was, uh, they, they, they pinned it on? fingered for doing oh, the bombing. That guy's name was... Um, uh... Anyway, he was yeah. he was he was very deep state connected, possibly still in the army at the time, because there seemed to be some uh, rather convincing film of someone filming him in the a documentary maker filming him in the army at the same time after the time he was supposed to have left. But his uh, cover story was that he was pissed off about Waco and Ruby Ridge, and that's why he wanted to bomb the uh, building in OKC. What's his name? Uh, Terry Nichols. Timothy McVeigh and Terry, Terry Nichols. Terry Nichols. Yeah, McVeigh, that's the one I was thinking of. McVeigh. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know a lot about them. Monica's gone into that some detail, hasn't yeah. she? Monica Perez from the uh, it's extremely dodgy. podcast. Yeah, it's extremely dodgy. There was a, 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 a U.S. Army explosive expert who said, uh, he basically said, there's no way that it was done by a truck bomb. You know, you actually have, you had to have blown those pillars out with explosives. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was watching um, something just very recently, a couple of days ago, um, of some, I don't know how long it's been out, because sometimes you see things, it's like this new footage, and then you find out it's been out for five years. But mm-hmm. anyway, it was a whole bunch of eyewitnesses um, talking about 9-11, um, saying like clip after clip after clip of immediate reactions of people like still kind of in shock. Uh, Is that new? I think it's old. Had a lot. Old hat? Just oh, the fireman was saying that straight afterwards. You know, the fireman on the scene. Yeah. Oh, firemen, policemen, yeah, reporters. Um, yeah, just had no idea that that was going to be so sensational, what they were saying. They were just purely re- recounting what they saw and heard. Yeah, interesting. Still people that think that was Middle Eastern. Mm. Yes, there are, aren't they, Kiel? Wait a minute. I missed what you were saying because I was typing. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's right. We've got an army on board. Sorry, man. <laughs> Each to his own. Uh, well, when, when are we going to do... When are you going to convince me? When are you going to push me over the fence? <laughs> do your own research. What are we going to do? I have. I got tons of stuff. What more do you need? I, I did my own research, and it's not... It's not. I'm not there yet. You got you to gotta give me some Oh, else. come on. What about all the stuff that went on just before? Like, have you looked into all that? All the moving around of uh, uh, insurance policies? There's probably... They said... They had the exact perfect insurance policy for the exact, very specific scenario. Mm-hmm. Lucky Larry. Picked up. 
just before <laughs> it happened. I mean, and, uh, furthermore, he got paid out twice because he argued that it was two separate terrorist attacks. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, incredible. Let's not forget that George Bush led us into Iraq uh, with weapons of mass destruction. Of mass Why destruction. do you think yeah. that he wouldn't be just as quick to be like, eh? Yeah, what's he doing at a preschool kindergarten reading about a goat? I mean, geez. that motherfucker doesn't know how to read. <laughs> I, I look at that footage of where that guy whispered in his ear, you know, whatever it was, which was probably mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> just George Bush's face is just like so pre-rehearsed. I mean, that's not the face of a man. I bet his I, eyes I, didn't I, even I, dilate. You know, I'm not. I'm not so sure he knew much about it. Actually, the, there's an argument. A lot of people say it was. It was kind of more like a two, but it was. Probably done by Rumsfeld and people like that. And um, yeah, but the Bush Cheney. There's no way they didn't know what was going on. Well, I I don't know if they could. You know, I I think he was probably in on it in the end, but I don't know if they could rely on him. You know, to be in on it before the plan was put into place because he was so stupid. (laughs) Yeah, connections with the Bush family and Bin Laden in business and all sorts of things. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Doubt they knew what's going on. Yeah. If you told me that. George Bush was running his presidency kind of like Joe Biden. I'd be agreeable to that. Like, I don't think, I think George Bush probably spent a lot of his time just like thinking. I'd like golf. Yeah. I doubt most presidencies are any different than any of the other ones. I, I think the person who's elected doesn't doesn't they 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 set something in front of them and say, hey, JFK, sign your, no, 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 sign your name. This is the plan we're going to do. We've got all these experts. We've got all these departments, heads that have come together, and this is the plan for what we're going to do to this thing. And the president kind of flips through it and goes, uh, I don't know what any of this looks like, so okay, and signs it. I don't think he's Yeah, it's he's sort of like, we're the band, you be the lead singer type yeah. thing. Well, I'm not, even sure it, I'm not even sure he'll be told a lot of the time. I don't think JFK was told about Bay of Pigs, for example. Hmm. Maybe not. A whole no, I'm sure that they're pigs. not in on everything because they are just a front. They're just a face. They're, they're the, the main character in the play. Um, yeah, they're not pulling the strings. We know that. There's but two... uh, I, as far as association, who knows? who knows? I just think now, they're all as so bad as each other. If we can agree that there's just this deep mess of entrenched government framework that exists that really moves things along... Is there mm-hmm. is there is there any plausible way of dismantling it? Like if if everybody just realized that and said, "Hey, let's start electing people that are going to actively try to get rid of that," would that have any effect at all? No, because they're already running from a shadow government that's underground. Yeah, but it, yeah. I, I I don't I don't believe that. The government I suspect structure, they'd be dead pretty quick. I mean, if if there has to be some legitimacy to the mechanics behind the way that the government is presented maybe there's a uh, an illuminati controlling things but the people in congress don't know that necessarily and so there's going to be at some point there's going to be visible mechanics rolling and when one of them just doesn't work then there's going to be a group of people that start saying wait a minute we we did this we followed this through and this should be happening why isn't this happening there's going to be a at some point. There's a guy there that says, "No, no, 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 no. This is what's going to happen. You guys don't get a say in the matter." So, 
theoretically, speaking the- theoretically here, couldn't couldn't we? Wouldn't there be at some point there's a there's a fight like there's a a brawl that occurs that says, in fighting. No, like, I mean, thing you, do you mean like in fighting? What's that, yeah. Stella? But they just get smeared. I'm just saying you're describing infighting. So what happens is the people that are good and try to raise all these things and put a spotlight on something, they are somehow smeared and worked out of the system because that doesn't work with the narrative. So I, I agree. There's probably people like right down the bottom who are in there for the right reasons, good intentions, want to make a change, blah, blah, blah. But the peop- they only get to a certain level. It's like the first, second, third degree Freemason only knows so much, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But I'm then saying the next level's up, sort of you're more in the club until you get yeah. to the top bit where only one guy knows what's going on. I mean, how you can't even be a you can't even be a staffer for Hillary Clinton without suiciding yourself. Imagine trying to be an actual politician. Uh, but what I'm what I'm mm. proposing as a hypothetical is that if everybody in the general public was, had accepted that that there's you know the government the big giant bloated fat piece of shit government that we all live under isn't good would there be enough to you know change it would there would that be a possible well, clearly there isn't because everyone's just going along with what they're being told they so don't, they no. don't accept the fact that their government is bad I'm uh, saying, I'm not saying what's it going to take what's it going to take we've just we've had 9-11 we've had the recent two since 2020 go on with all this stuff coming out that's why they control everything because they stop any chance of you know anything being exposed basically by owning media and, and owning courts and owning places that make the policy decisions. It's so interesting. I'm slightly more optimistic than that. I think they are influenced to a certain degree by you know public opinion. Now, otherwise, they wouldn't be trying so hard to influence us all the time. So I agree you know, with you there. I think if things go against them. Like, I don't think the COVID stuff really has gone the way they wanted. You know, I think they wanted to have COVID passports by now and maybe even CBDCs by now. Um, and that hasn't quite, you know, worked out for them. So I don't think, Australia, and I think Australia there are, uh, if you look back to things in America, like the church committee, where the, you know, was it a senator who, you know, was grilling the CIA and a lot of things are coming church, out yeah. about what they're up to. Um, yeah, but then you look at the outcome of that, and you realize thank you, that, Stella. Yeah, you realize that that really achieved absolutely nothing because uh, Nixon was basically sort of you know just stepped down for a bit, it's just, just like, get the spotlight off. It's just like when they pull Zuckerberg in in front of the fucking Senate. Like, uh... yeah, exactly, exactly. Then <laughs> they all go and have a cocktail together. Yeah, exactly. Underground. I guess. I mean, it sheds a bit of light to it on it, and I think it you know it has some effect on on pub- the public and and. As I say, I think the, what the public thinks does affect these guys to a certain extent. It does. I think they, it move, affects... they move their testing grounds around just to check what our Overton window is because they know they have a very limited time to implement certain things. And if that doesn't happen, then they just back it off. And they, they're very patient. It's yeah. a very long-term goal. Yeah. But I, I think, think they're scared of us to a certain extent, you know, because they, you know, it's the old cliche that there are loads more of us than there are of them. So... Enough awakenings, fortunately. Well, I think there's, I think there's enough. Well, at least in the United States, there's enough people with guns that, if if something dramatic enough, I don't know what that that line is, but if they if the government crossed the line, there would be enough 
people with guns in the general public and people in the, in well, the military that wouldn't go along with whatever the government's plan was to what do you think their line out. is then i don't know that, that's because being locked in your house and being told that you can't go to work yeah. and support your family you can't go to your mom's funeral you can't see your pregnant wife in the hospital that blows my fucking mind right from the beginning. Yeah, and look what happened. That's exactly what was implemented. Well. The, the idea. Everyone yeah. went along with it. Do you remember? You remember the footage of, of different places around the world? You know, tumbleweeds going down. Yeah. Once busy yeah. roads, nobody in sight. And the problem is that they we are so dependent. It doesn't matter how many guns you guys have got. We are so dependent on the digital system that that's how they're going to get us because they own that. That that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to rush through all these things so that basically more and more power happens. We're all distracted with trying to take people to court over COVID shit. Um, they're in the meantime, they own the whole system. I mean, they own the internet, they own the banking system. So that's how they're going to get us because we are so reliant on it. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think the only way around it is to build parallel societies. Um, but that's going to take a lot of people with good hearts and like minds. And again, well, corruption will probably yeah. creep in there and they will infiltrate that too. So we've yeah. just got to be more self-sufficient. I did just see that the Daily Wire started. That's a Ben, Shapiro, ben Shapiro's rig. Uh, he started his own chocolate bar company to compete with Hershey. So Wait. we are getting parallel economies. So we've made the start. It's the start. Yeah, it's the start. It's a good start. All right. I'm not <laughs> sure I like those choices, though. Fucking Zionist Jew boy or fucking ESG fucking tiny hat guy. Yeah. I mean, it's you just, know. It's just like a left and right politics. It's, it's all feeding the same mouse at, at the top. Hey, I've got Isn't to... Hershey a, a sexist name anyway? Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> it should be thingy. Um, I've got a question though. So I was listening to the Von Hessler Doctrine this week, and they made a comment that uh, put a, a theory in my mind. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's already out there or not. But I independently thought of this. But you know, the Hong Kong protests were happening right before uh, COVID happened. Was was the release of the COVID thing? In Wuhan, China is asshole. Was that China trying Possible. to oppress Hong Kong, trying to make trying it's to create possible. a situation yeah. where they ever all those protesters had to go in inside and stay inside? Or is that an, an old theory that I just? Oh, was it? Well, or was it? Or was it U.S. Because um, there's that theory that you know the the U.S. Army were taking part in the army. Yeah, uh, I was going to say games or something in Wuhan at the time. Oh. Well, and I remember even probably Monica Perez talking about it, um, that there were known CIA like people like in the core group. From because Hong Kong used to be owned by Britain, and they were like, once Hong Kong got given back to China, they were like, okay, but you know, for I think it was a was it hundred years, they're like they're gonna have their own self government, and then yeah. once Britain was completely out, they said, eh, no, I don't, I don't like that anymore. Let's uh, change this contract. 
Yeah, Britain had a 100-year lease. And there's an interesting story about that, that the guy in charge at the time of, of the negotiations was a guy called Chris Pratton, some conservative politician. And uh, the story goes that he he went to the Chinese and said, oh, well, we're just going to give it back to you at the end of 100 years. The, the Chinese were really surprised by that, that they were quite prepared to to let it go on with the British property. So, uh, yeah. So because he, the Chinese... Because the residents of Hong Kong wanted didn't want to, you know, be attached to China. They wanted they wanted things to stay the way they were, so they were kind of sold down the river early. Yeah, so I I kind of missed part of what you guys were saying, but so was is my theory valid and is it already out there as a a possible Well reason? it could be. Uh, I mean I I have some contrarian viewpoints about COVID. I, I think it's it's entirely possible that there was nothing special going on with the virus at all, that it was just kind of like a normal, bad seasonal virus that, you know, they made a big fuss about so that they could... I, I think the key thing with COVID is that, um, uh, was it September 2019, BlackRock published this paper about how the financial system can carry on and how they were just going to go direct to the people and give money direct to the people and then what do you know just a few months later covid comes along and then they've got the excuse to do that what a coincidence so uh so i think it was all based around the you know the coming financial collapse and they were trying to do something about it yeah i think you could probably wrap everything up into they just they knew that a financial collapse has to happen and they needed to find something to say like, oh no, it wasn't because we've been mismanaging the economy since the creation of the Federal Reserve. Um, it's because of this over here. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look over here, look over here. Exactly. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, I know about the, you know, uh, bubble uh economy you know like i'm a, i'm fucking retarded so if i know that the entire you know uh not krugman um who's who's the economist krugan bases uh work off of friedman milton friedman no um but um basically uh I didn't understand the question. He's talking about, I don't know, Paul Krugman? Is, is that the name? I was, yeah, Paul economist. Krugman. He's, he's, Paul Krugman yeah. is a piece of shit economist that practices Keynesian oh, economics. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah, and if I know that Keynesian doesn't work, then you know they have to know. So it's just one of those things where it definitely would make sense to me that everything was just a cover up for the collapse that was inevitable. It was that's literally a mask. It was a mask. That's what I, yes, regular, nicely mm. put. Not even mm. an N95. No, not even. Yeah, that makes no. sense. All right, so uh, if you guys... It's probably want... made out of Jewish foreskins. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys... Well, you know what's crazy? Like, there, there are babies that get herpes because the rabbi that's doing the circumcision 
they suck the blood off the baby's dick. Oh, um, dude. So there really? are babies that get herpes from <laughs> is, their rabbi. That is true. The traditional way that a moil performs his his duty is with his mouth. Like he bites the, the foreskin with his teeth. That's Ooh, how he does it. And you tell me that's not, like, convince me that's not demonic as fuck. That's just. It's literally a blood sacrifice. The, the, it's literally bloody pedoism. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the modern, of course, have, you know, like a scalpel or something that they, I don't know what, what the thing would be. But. Do you think it was just a bunch of old ass fucking pedos sitting around a circle like, guys, how are we going to get away with sucking all this baby <laughs> cock in front of their parent? It's probably done by a robot now, is it? It's probably got circumcising no, robots. No, I don't. I, well, maybe for non-Jews, but I'm pretty sure those rabbis have a vested interest in that baby dick blood. Mm. Tell you who does have a yes. vested interest in baby foreskin um, beauty cream. It's a lot of Hollywood. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, there's some beauty treatment. I don't know if it's an injectable or whether it's an external thing, but a lot of the. I, I saw some Sandra Bullock. I think that was him. Yeah, Sandra Bullock um, on Ellen DeGeneres, DeGeneres show. DeGeneres. Um, yeah. Yeah, talking about this. So she was sort of evading the question, and Ellen's going, tell them what it is. So what is it? What's in it? You know, like she was kind of avoiding it. And Ellen's going, come on, tell us. Because <laughs> she knew. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it turns out it's four skins of um, Korean babies mm. after they've been oh, Korean babies. Oh, well, that's all right. They just stick them out of Yeah, I know exactly. It was some some babies over there somewhere. Yeah. So nice. it didn't really matter. Yeah. It's great. I'd say what a four skin would be a really but she does look good. Thank <laughs> you, pardon? A foreskin would make a really, really tiny hat. Very, very small hat. I don't mm. know. Maybe you could stretch it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the latest. Speaking of health trends, the latest health trend is um, eating your placenta after you give yeah. birth. That's yeah, actually that's not right. the latest. That's that's like an old. Yeah, I think no, we've got a. Do that. We've got an alternative British chef uh, who's been around for a long time. Oh. With I have a feeling he was very keen on fine apple centers. Uh, I knew I was gonna hate what came after chef. Yeah, I <laughs> anticipated that. Just like yeah. chef, this is gonna end well. All right, we, uh, we, we wanna, well, you want to get the, Yeah, well, I think we before should. it gets really out of hand. <laughs> like, yeah. We roast out our, our listeners <laughs> enough. It's too late for today. If anyone's still here, thanks yeah. for listening. Sorry, everybody. If anyone has a pro circumcision <laughs> argument, tweet it at me at ismcat on Twitter because I'm pretty sure you're retarded, but I'm also retarded. So let's have a uh, um, Sorry, we should wrap up, but it is kind of standard practice in America, isn't it? Because yeah. it's it's not in in Europe on the whole. It is. Yeah, it's basically like my son's dick should look like my dick, but yeah, if right. you know it is. You can, like, there's so many things. Kids get their dicks cut off. It, it happens pretty regularly in box circumcisions. It was even a Law and Order episode once. I remember 
when my daughter was born, part of the stack oh, you didn't get her circumcised, no, did you? No, 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 no. Part of the the stack of you know pamphlets they handed us when we were waiting around was you know your your son needs to get circumcised, and here's reasons why. And it was like a like a marketing like because was, because we get paid five hundred dollars per circumcision, something like that. Fake news, I think. Fake news. Yeah. I remember the reason was because it was more hygienic yeah, because that's... it was easier to keep clean. And that was like these Westerners, like including, you know, from my parents' generation up, just did it blindly. Oh, okay. Not yeah. even a thought about it, not even knowing what it was about because they trusted the science. Right. So, yeah, we've got to be it's, more aware, not... folks. Let's be more aware. I it's will say, though. It's a big thing in Europe, I don't think. I will, like, they say that you lose a lot of, like, your sexual feeling without your foreskin but like yeah. the the best argument i've seen for pro circumcision is like like i can only last five minutes as it is imagine if i had my foreskin it'd be like three second you know I'd rather not that's true <laughs> and you are helping sandra bullock stay youthful that's so. true let's all take a pause and try to imagine what it would be like if <laughs> ism can't still had his foreskin well, a moment of silence. So, and on that this, note, this this will be great to to bring us out on. There's actually a trend on the internet um, of people that put weight like weights attached to their penis so they can reacquire foreskin. So, if you guys want to look, if you if you're sad about your foreskin, maybe look into it. And I think that's a great place to to, to stop. Yeah. Well. to form a parallel society with these people. <laughs> that really is a conversation stopper. Yeah, right there. All right, guys. Yep. Thank you for this entire show of random nonsense <laughs> that we've you. been putting out tonight. <laughs> Total random nonsense is the title. Our best show ever. <laughs> yeah. So how, Shout out vodka. How can uh, people get in touch with us, uh, Justin? Um, They absolutely... You can find us on our primarily on our website, union of the unknowns.com uh, but we're also on twitter at union unknowns and we're on rockfin now so you can find us there and we also have uh, premium content on rockfin thank you and we are out thank you for tuning in for another episode of union of the unknowns you can find new episodes every week on all your favorite podcasting networks.